supplier spend is up, down, and sideways, what's it all mean for the economy at large? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Corterra and Moody's Analytics recently collaborated on a COVID-19 economic impact tracker, a free tool that provides data on business spending patterns for millions of companies in over 100 industries. The results yield insight into the current state of the economy, unemployment trends, and conditions in particular industries. I'm joined on this episode by Jim Swift, founder and CEO of Corterra, who's going to discuss the findings of the economic tracker and what they mean for our current and future state of affairs. We'll be focusing especially on transportation and the trucking industry, itself a valuable barometer of larger economic trends in times of great uncertainty. We'll learn why transportation is a mixed bag, reflecting severe downturns in some sectors and big upticks in others. And we'll talk about the plight of small and medium-sized businesses as well. So here is my conversation with Jim Swift. Jim Swift, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Jim, based on data from the COVID-19 Economic Impact Tracker, which Corterra has done in partnership with Moody's Analytics, with a particular emphasis on the transportation industry in this case, how bad is it? For all businesses in the U.S. in May, we saw a decrease in their spending by 12% across the board. And in some areas, we saw the impact was more severe than others in areas like Manufacturing was down pretty heavily, and transportation is a mixed bag because there are different types of industries within transportation, but that was also down more than the average. Well, when we say transportation, you say it is indeed a mixed bag. Do you separate it out by mode, by geography, by anything that helps us to understand which aspects of the industry are doing particularly well or poorly or whatever? Yeah, we can do it by all of those things. One of the things that we're seeing is that truck transportation which within supply chain is one of the most relevant, along with rail. That was down 17% in their spending in May versus prior May. And rail was down about 25%. So it, oh, that, that reflects yeah. just the, the big drop in the movement of goods throughout supply chain. Boy, it always seems like truckers are the ones that get hit the hardest no matter what, doesn't it? I mean, every time we turn around, there's either a driver shortage or there's trucks going out of business or something like that. So this doesn't seem that unusual for the trucking industry. No, we, we see it turning around a little bit, though. In May, it was better than April. So that's mm. one of the bright spots in the recovery. And I think The advancements that we've seen in logistics over the last 10 years or so have really made that industry more flexible. All these 3PLs coming in and allowing us to better balance loads between truckload and less than truckload and other modes, I think it gives more resilience to the supply chains in general. Are you tracking 3PL spend as well? Well, it tends to um, fall into within truck transportation because it's hard to separate where you have a broker or a logistics Mm -hmm. manager and where you have the truckload and where you have the less than truckload. We have been in the transportation industry for a long time, and so many, many customers of all shapes and sizes there and solutions that are specific to truckload versus LTL and rail and air cargo and 
the providers of supplies and services. So it's an industry near and dear to our hearts. I have to assume that the results are pretty steady geographically across the country. Would that be a fair assessment? They are in transportation. The middle of the U.S. is where you have more freight-related activity, but we're not seeing any particular states tied to opening that are affecting transportation within those states. We're seeing Mm -hmm. retail is dependent upon where we have reopenings. Some manufacturing, but transportation, we're moving things all over this country, and so it, it tends to rise and fall as a group. Are you tracking exclusively domestic transportation, or do you also cover ocean and air and international? U.S. It gets strange when when you try to deal with data when you go outside of the U.S., but once it gets into the U.S., whether it's rail or anything on a truck or air, we're tracking it. And and we're really tracking the, the users of it as well. So all these manufacturing companies and the distributors that are moving, the supply chain is really, you have to look at it in totality. You have to understand what's going on with retail, with distributors, with manufacturers, with transportation companies, and even those that support the transportation companies along the way. It's all part of this mm-hmm. ecosystem that, that can one change can ripple through and understanding how they interact and what the trends are, I think, gives you insights about what might happen in the future. Yeah, certainly they are all interrelated, but on the other hand, transportation can serve as a pretty good barometer of economic health in general. But I'm wondering, should we be considering transportation a leading or a lagging indicator of overall economic activity in the country? Good question. I think it depends on the industry. When you deal with industries where they're manufacturing heavy, then I think the transportation industry can be a leading indicator because it takes the movement by the transportation providers of the products created by the manufacturers out into the retail world where the sales happen later. So I think more often than not, it's a leading indicator of what's going on. That's why we were encouraged by the uptick from April to May in truck transportation. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that as we go forward. I think that's one of the key signals. I just want to get get clear on this. Partnership with Moody's Analytics, the creation of the COVID-19 Economic Impact Tracker, Obviously, if you did it previously, it wouldn't be COVID-19, but have you done similar types of surveys and assessments in the past that this can be compared against, or is this really a new initiative for you without any particular history to place it into context? The legacy of our business is to understand individual companies. So businesses throughout the U.S. use us to manage the risk of their customers and suppliers whether they're banks or, as I mentioned, transportation companies. Everyone wants to understand the companies that they interact with. With the COVID crisis, we wanted to rally and put a free tool out there where people of all shapes and sizes, whether it's media, whether it's government decision makers, whether it's individual companies, we want to give them a tool where they could get access to our data for free. And so you can go out there and you can slice it by geography, by size of business, by the industry that they're in, and you can see what's happening with the spending by businesses, and their payment behavior, which gives you great insight into the health of geographies of industries. As part of that, Moody's has been a long-term partner of ours. They use our data in different ways in order to help their customers. So our, our data gets piped through and, and through their analytics. And so we've worked with Mark Zandi and his team, who are some really smart economics people. And they've taken some of our information and they've come up with different conclusions out of it. And so it's more of a a partnership where you take data and analytics from two different organizations that work well together. And hopefully it's it's creating insights that people can use to to run their businesses Mm -hmm. more effectively. But where is the data coming from? Is it self-reported by the companies themselves or are there other access? Do you have other access to intelligence? How are you gathering all this? It comes from the suppliers to a business. 
So mm -hmm. if you want to understand a restaurant, then you'd like to know how much money they're spending with different types of suppliers and how they pay for that over time. That's the nature of our business. It's a community where suppliers share information about their customers in an anonymous way where they can then allow us to create analytics that help them make smarter decisions. The problem with self-reported information is that it can be wrong or it can be biased by the subject. And so mm -hmm. when you're building risk solutions, you'd rather have information coming from an independent third party. But this isn't your first rodeo in terms of, as you say, I mean, this is what you guys do. You, you've been amassing data of this kind, maybe not from a COVID-19 perspective, but you certainly can compare this to past performances, past spending trends. And obviously we are in a trend in 2020 that is significantly down from 2019. Just how down is it, did you say? I mean, it's like, did you say like 25% for rail and how much for truck again? Just to give me a reminder there. Yeah, it's... it's 17% in trucking, the spend by companies in the trucking industry, 25% by spending in rail. Mm -hmm. So overall, all businesses across the U.S. spent 12% less on non-payroll expenses. We know they spent less on payroll. We have 25 million unemployed people in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. But when it's the B2B spend in those businesses is also down 12% year over year. And by yeah. breaking that out, you have overall manufacturing down 24%, distributors down about 5%, retail about 2% down because you have some gainers and some losers in that area. And then mm -hmm. transportation down overall 14%. 17% of that, though, is truck transportation, 25% down in rail. We could take a glass half empty or a glass half full approach to these numbers because, on the other hand, I might have thought that they'd be worse considering the dire state of the economy and huge, huge unemployment figures, which are now starting to alleviate a little bit. So maybe we could take some reassurance from the fact that it isn't worse. Did this meet with your expectations, or did you have any expectations when you set forth to try to figure out what was going on out there today? Well, we're in a new world, so I don't know if our old expectations matter, but it is declining at a slower rate. So in April, spend was down 10%, and in May, down 20 the rate of decline yeah. has definitely slowed. In April, it was mm -hmm. ugly. Business-to-business spending was down 10%, and in May, it was down 12 So the rate of decline is slowing. But mm -hmm. there are green shoots. If you look at restaurants, restaurant spending was up in 32 states. Overall, 30% of the industries in May saw an improvement versus April. In retail, which is one of the first things that we see to respond because we're reopening, eight of the 13 retail segments improved. So the fact that we're now, we're, we're leaving our homes and we're going out more, we're seeing upticks. This is what I meant by the ripple through the supply chain. So as we go out and we start to go back to restaurants and buy furniture and go to gas stations and all that, then it, we'll see the distributor spend increase and the volume start to increase. We'll see the transportation of products moving through the supply chain increase, and then we'll see the manufacturing increase as well. Mm -hmm. It's harder to to kick that plant back up into production, it's a lot easier to open and close a retail store than it is a giant manufacturing plant. Lots of positive signs in May compared to April. Now, my understanding is that your lens is focused on small to medium-sized businesses. Is, is that correct? And if so, what is the particular plight of that category of business vis-a-vis -vis the larger businesses out there, especially in transportation right now? Well, we know about all businesses. There just happen to be more small and medium businesses. There are about mm -hmm. 6 million businesses in the U.S. with employees, and there are only 20,000 that have more than 500 employees. So 99.9% .9 of the businesses that are out there are classified as small and medium businesses. What we're seeing overall is that the small businesses are down a little bit more than their large business counterparts. 
And in, in most industries, it's a similar correlation. Overall, it's about 15% versus 12% decline by small businesses. Uh, there are some areas where big companies just have a massive advantage. So when we look at, there's been an increase in online shopping. It's called non-store retail. The internet shopping has increased more than 20% in their spending. It's one of the, the growing areas, even through all of this, as we order everything online. But the small businesses that are in that segment are down 20%. So there's a big gap between the big guys and the little guys. We see similar things in general merchandise. So the Walmarts and the Costcos of the world have an advantage. They just have more control over their supply chain. They have more cash. They have more buying power. So it's easier for them to respond in, in times like this. But if we, if we go back to the transportation side, to the service providers, to the transportation providers, especially in trucking, so many of those are, by definition, small businesses. They just own a few trucks. I mean, we don't have a large number of equivalents in the transportation industry that match up with like a retailer like Walmart, right, on the trucking side. Is that basically what the landscape looks like on the transportation side? A lot of SMBs? Yeah, there are a lot of SMBs. There are some really big players in LTL and full truckload. But yeah, it's a lot of independence as well. And that's when we look at the numbers across that entire sector, it seems to be impacting everybody about the same. So and part of that is because there aren't as many of these, it's not as concentrated as it is in online shopping and some of the other areas. And I think a big issue with transportation is just that the volumes are down across the board. So big or small, there's just less product to move. But now that we're seeing that recover, it'll be interesting to see if, if the small businesses in transportation recover faster than, than the large companies there. We've been talking kind of about cold numbers up to this point, but I'm wondering to what degree you get additional deeper insight into the plight of these industries, whether you query them beyond just numbers and the like. I'm trying to get a sense, for instance, of whether these companies, especially in the transportation side, have acquired a newfound awareness of risk and the importance of risk management and preparation and the understanding of the possibility of disruption such as this happening down the line. Do you get a sense that companies are more aware of that and going forward they might be taking steps that reflect that newfound awareness? I believe so. We have noticed over the last 10 years that the level of sophistication just in general in transportation has really accelerated. There's a lot of new thinking, a lot of new technology, a lot of new analytics that have moved into the area. For a long time, I think the perception of transportation was that kind of old school, low tech, but we've seen that change dramatically just in the way that, that uh, the companies in that industry use our information and our analytics and the kinds of things they ask for. And I think by nature, if you're in the transportation industry, you have to be adaptable because you're filling in the gaps between companies, moving things around. And so you have to react to them. And I think that has really worked to the advantage of companies in the industry because you have this predisposition to be leaning into innovation in the first place. And so as it comes in more and more to cost profiles that work for your business, you can embrace it and go. One of the saving graces of the recovery is just the flexibility of the supply chains that we have in this country. And transportation is the glue that holds it all together. So I, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, the, the areas I'm least worried about. 
Well, that's an encouraging statement, which leads to my uh, pretty much my final question, which is, of course, an impossible question. And I'm asking you to provide me with a absolutely secure and positive economic outlook for all of this. Nobody knows for sure what's going to happen. But what is the potential for a road to recovery for SMBs, especially in transportation these days? What, what is your sense of going forward, barring a second wave of coronavirus, which is certainly not an impossibility? What feeling do you get for the economic outlook uh, in, in the short term and in moving even into 2021? I think that transportation will be one of the areas that recovers the fastest. There's a lot of question around when we'll go back to movie theaters and get on airplanes, but we need to consume things. We want to consume things. I think we've already seen it. We saw a shift from us going to restaurants to going to grocery stores, and that created havoc in the last couple of months on transportation companies and manufacturers because you have to package your products differently and you have to find new ways to get them to grocery stores instead of restaurants. And it didn't blow up on us. It adapted pretty well. So I think the demand for things, the way we get that might change, we might go online and order things instead of going to a store, but it still has to get to us. And so I think the, the, the modes, whether it's overnight versus less than truckload versus truckload, I think we'll see some shifts in there. But I think it'll recover quickly. I don't see the, the overall demand going down by any means. You're not among those economists who say it's going to take five years to get back on our feet. Not in areas like that. I don't know about the cruise lines and some of the others. We think a little differently than we did. But I think there are certain things that are vital to just our existence as humans. And they rely on manufacturers. They rely on distributors. They rely on transportation companies to get those products created and to us in some way. And I can't imagine that that demand coming down. Well, Jim Swift of Corterra. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us about the results and the intelligence behind your COVID-19 economic impact tracker, which you are offering as a free tool in partnership with Moody's Analytics. We will link to that in the show notes to the episode, but I really appreciate your insights uh, into what's going on in the economy generally, transportation specifically, and maybe a look at what's ahead too. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks. I enjoyed the conversation. That was my conversation with Jim Swift of Corterra, talking about supplier spend trends and the economy in the recession. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.